0: The Data Reaper Podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Data Reaper Podcast. I'm your host, Ridiculous Hat, and I am joined by the voice of reason himself, Zach O. Zach, how you doing? How you doing, Hat? I'm doing okay. I hit Legend about 40 minutes ago. And the game I played right before the show, my opponent was at nine life, and they played three cards, and my emotion denied triggered, and so I'm just I'm I'm feeling real good right now. Wait a minute, are you playing Spitter Hunter? No, I was. I like that real? deck. No, Face Hunter. I gotta get him. Gotta get him.
0: Oh, you're playing. You're playing the Matvi Face Hunter. The Mad. I changed
1: four cards. But yes.
0: Oh. He wasn't playing oh, Raj hun- Nasjan.
1: Like, come on. I'm going to play Raj.
0: I wonder if I have enough data on that face hunter build. I also
1: wonder that. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that in the Hunter section, but this is the opening of the podcast. We're not going to pontificate on card choices here in the opening. We have to have rules and guidelines. So we're going to inform yeah, the listeners yeah. that the next report will be on time on the 12th. We should have another podcast next weekend. I'm planning on the 14th. I'm traveling next weekend, but we should record on time, and so I'm hoping that I can get it out at the same time. We'll see what happens, uh, but it it'll be out next weekend, one way or another. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a format here. We saw a tweet from Aleko saying that balance changes would be later this month. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up because I know that people are. Uh, Some people are are really anxious for balance changes. I think this format should change, but I actually don't mind if they wait a little bit. Like, it's kind of all right right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Top Legend is very, very narrow, right? Yes. But it's only Top Legend. Like, the rest of ladder is okay. And the one deck that, in theory, concerns me when it comes to the rest of ladder is not even climbing in popularity that quickly. So I think we're fine. I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of players that, you know, would look at Top Legend stats and they never play a Top Legend and they complain, oh, Rogue and Demon Hunter are broken. Dude, you you never run into these decks. (laughs) So there's like, uh, it's not really relevant. Um, And Miracle Rogue and, and Quest DH are not as powerful and not as popular, nowhere near. Uh, throughout most of Ladder. It's just that you look at the, you know, tweets and comments from top legend players and they run into Miracle Rogue all the time. And for them, it's unpleasant. And I am one of them because I do play at High Legend and I run into a ton of rogues and demon hunters. Uh, But even I'm okay because probably because Miracle Rogue is kind of fun. Uh, It's not kind of fun. It's really fun. Concoctions are super fun. Um, As long as I get the coin in the Rogue Mirrors are uh, reasonable number of times, then I should be okay. By the way, Hat, over the last 24 Rogue Mirrors on the NA server, Hat, I've had the coin four times. <laughs> mm. I've had the coin four times. You know that, what the chances of that happening? It's like 0.0772% to, to basically get heads less than like four times or less. That's insane. I still managed a, a good win rate uh, in the rogue mirror, but yeah,
1: I would call these humble brags, but I'm not sensing a lot of humility.
0: Yeah, 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 but it's uh, yeah, that that's that's insane. I looked it up because I kept thinking every time I hit the the rogue mirror, I don't have the coin, I don't have the coin, and I looked it up, and it's like four out of twenty four. It's insane. That's like it's so unlikely to happen. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys. If you guys playing a top legend got lucky with some uh, getting more coins on the rogue mirrors, know who is the one who's been soaking up the bad luck. That is moi. Is this a salt cast now? Are we salt casting? Is that what we're doing? No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not salting. Again, I'm saying I'm enjoying the deck. It's fun. Concoctions are great. Uh, I just wish this deck was balanced.
1: Yeah, it's it needs a nudge. We're not saying the format should have no change. It's just there have been way less fun formats. That have been uh this narrow, there have been way
0: less fun formats that have been
1: less narrow than this it's the the
0: structure here is okay just last year, like poison rogue was oh, not was far worse
1: it cloak of shadows was unbearable, and the two best decks were rogue and rogue, so like it was a similar dichotomy of an an onboard deck and an offboard deck. But they were both they were both maestro rogues with Knowles, and just one had like two ice blocks, and then and and, and then a vanish, and the other one yeah. had whatever cards it wanted. So now at least they're different classes. Though the worst is definitely when it rolls demon hunter, and then they're a rogue anyway. That's not fair. That's not okay. Um, but as for me, I'm playing in the eleven x mmr bracket on NA. My top seven matches have been priest, rogue, rogue, death knight, rogue, rogue, rogue. So doing okay i'm not playing rogue right now though i do love this rogue deck um and they should nerf it but i do love it but
0: yeah if this was if this rogue deck was was actually balanced i think it would be great uh um but yeah uh it's 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 all right i guess like for now for most players again for most players, top legend is rough it's rough it's it's undoubtedly rough it's narrow yeah, it's it's just it's just two decks basically. People just yep. play two decks and
1: and and if you want to play a reactive strategy anywhere on ladder, you can't really do that and reliably win. So like I understand that some people are here for that and they don't have anything to do and that is a real problem and they should address it. And Aleko said, uh, I, I pulled up the tweet. I didn't read it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read this now. Had some great chats today about our next balance patch, which is coming later this month. We kept a close eye on all of your feedback over the break, and we'll be keeping it in mind as we work on the update. As mentioned in the patch notes, we'll be looking to do some more spicy changes than we did in the previous patch. And one of the replies that he said wa- to somebody else was a soft goal for the patch will be to slow the game speed down slightly. So just Yeah, I mean, be aware. it
0: would be nice if they, they slowed the game down a little bit. It's a little bit too fast. Uh, you have uh, a Demon Hunter deck that plays a quest turn one, never wants to complete it because it kills you on turn six with like four cards. Uh, that's uh, that's not great. So ideally you change that. Um, uh, spicy changes. I'm hoping Death Knight changes like the ones I suggested last week, like uh, Shift to two mana, Ashbringer to five, things like that would really, I think, help things. Um, uh, you know, help blood, help unholy, maybe help warrior a bit. Uh, people are coping on control warrior right now, but it's not good. Uh, help priest, maybe undead. Uh, buff the undead package, buff uh scourge rager. Aleko, you 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 play tested the scourge rager, made a scourge rager deck in development, and that ended up getting nerfed from five five to five four because of that. Nudge it back. We want to play your deck. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's uh, I would call it spicy. Uh, so hopefully they're doing that. Um, we'll see. But for now, it's, it's okay. Most players on ladder, you, you're seeing... You're running into a lot of different stuff. The unfortunate thing is... Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, from-hand damage. Uh, even at lower ranks of ladder, there's a bit too much of it probably... Uh, And you can't really play reactively uh, because, yeah, uh, there's a high lethality. We're in a high lethality format, and it's very hard to defend against that.
1: Yep. I would, uh, uh, my projections have this patch, so I think it's pretty unlikely at this point that we get it on Tuesday the 10th. I went back the past five years, and there has never been a January patch before the third week of the month. Never. Never. Not in the past five years. Yeah, yeah. Next week, it's
0: probably a BG patch, right? We're going to have a BG patch? Well,
1: it depends what you mean by next week. I would guess the date as of this recording says uh, January 7th. I think we have January 17th. That's my projected date. It could be the 24th, but I would guess the 17th. uh, And that means... If it's the seventeenth, okay, because then I would expect just back, balance... yeah, yeah. just back
0: from holidays this week. Just, so, yeah, yeah. It were just back from holidays this week. Just, just talking path... about
1: trends. So the seventeenth would yeah. make sense as the earliest they could do it because they have not done a patch in the first week, two weeks of January, at least since twenty, like twenty eighteen forward, they haven't done it. So I don't imagine that will change. I would yeah, be yeah. very, very surprised if we got a patch in the client before the seventeenth. Usually, the content patches and the balance patches are not the same. Usually they hit the cards in in standard the same time they do the BG balance patch, which is nine days after the, the BG's patch. So if it's the 17th, I would project the balance changes to be Thursday the 26th, which is just under three weeks from the time of this recording. That would be my guess. It's possible they go a week later and they do the BG's patch with the standard changes on the 24th. That's what they did last year with the QA strikes. I'm hoping that's not what they do. But uh, it, it would theoretically get us the standard changes two days earlier. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I would bet in the 17th and the 26th. This is all just projection based on trends and hope that they get the BG's patch in the game as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Like the fir- the, the first patch after holidays is the Bee Gees patch. You don't make balance changes for standard in that patch. So uh, nine days minimum after that, 26th. Uh, Thursday, it's going to take a while. But there is one positive from that. There is one other positive from the fact that the balance is are so late. And that is, of course, a wild report <gasps>
1: is possible.
0: So a wild report is probably coming on the 15th of January. Yeah, I started work on that. Um, should, be, should be fine. Should be on schedule.
1: Did you, did you look at the data yet at all? Did you look yet? Yeah, I looked at the data. Yeah, okay, some, give me some... one... One tidbit, one sneak peek tidbit, right here, right now on the podcast. Tell me one thing.
0: One thing? Uh, I don't know. Um, even shaman and secret mage are really good at.
1: <laughs> <gasps> Shocking.
0: <laughs> they're really good. Oh, but there's there's some there's some underrated decks that don't see much play, but they're very good. Uh, people just don't pick them up. Um, but yeah, that's uh, secret mage and, and even shaman look really good. <laughs> um and oh uh, the other thing is death knight okay 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 that's the tidbit you want to hear unholy death knight is good in wild oh
1: i've played some of this deck it's even dk
0: yeah your
1: power on one
0: <laughs> yeah like even death knight unholy is really really good it's hilarious, right? Like this de- like this archetype is unplayable and standard. Yeah, it turns out when Ghoul charges one mana, uh, it changes things. So uh you can give that one a spin, find that, we'll have that deck list uh in the report. It's very, very good. Uh so yeah, that bone digger so is really...
1: always always turned on in turn two. Slam yeah, that button it's on always guys is always a totem golem.
0: Yeah, that's kind of yeah, interesting. Like it and graveyard uh, grave strength is obviously four mana, so you don't lose that. And Marogar is eight mana, so you don't lose that. Uh, there's there's a lot of synergy there. Uh, uh, Pan- Panthera uh, works really well in this deck as well because one mana hero power. Dark transformation is a really good card when your hero power is one mana because you can just hero power and then dark transform on turn three. And, yeah, it's a turn earlier than normal. Uh, yeah, there are all sorts of weird things happen with the Hero Powers 1 mana. Uh, so, pretty solid, solid. Um, also, you can play <laughs> It's Is that card good? Oh, man. I've heard I that understand there's going to be a
1: lot of discourse around nerfing because it's popular. It's like, no, no, no. It's popular because it's good. Too good. And maybe like if you don't want this card to be in two thirds of standard decks for the next year, you probably make it a little worse.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've heard all this uh, talk. Uh, there, are, there are there's a camp that says, uh, "Oh, Astlor is, is fine. It's well designed." Or, no, it's, <laughs> I mean, well designed. Okay, uh, design it's is not cool about card. power, right? I like it. It's a cool card. Yeah, I just like. Make it, it a little it's worse. It's too good. Yeah. It's too good. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, guys. It doesn't make sense. Uh, this that, this card is good enough to be played in aggro decks just because the 2-mana Astralor is already good enough. Like 2-mana two 2-2 two deal 2 is already such a good card that the second half, the, the armor part, helps you kind of win burn races uh, to the point where you can, you can never get to ter- turn 10 with a deck and you'd still play Astralor. I think that's a little bit of a problem. So, so they'll probably address that in some way. Um, uh, we'll see. But yeah, unholy, un, unholy, even Death Knight, really good deck in
1: Wild. Uh, that's it. How about that? And speaking of things that they're going to address soon in, in some way, why don't we talk about Rogue as our first class here?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, Miracle Rogue is uh, giga bastado, uh, super bastado, Um it starts to get uh, a little bit weird with with deck building, like bone spike. People are cutting bones. Like the report uh, first list that suggests cutting bone spike. Casey picked up on that. Also is cutting bone spike. Agrees with our list on twenty nine cards. Good enough for me. Um, deck is by far the best deck at top legend. Uh, it's it's not even close it it gets progressively better over like it's it's really interesting cuz this deck has a really high skill cap and it's pretty obvious because its matchups just keep getting better uh over time uh you look at miracle roga's uh, performance in in several matchups uh from week by week you see significant improvement you also see a huge disparity in some matchups i specified in the report some good examples of how matchup change from legend to top legend, matchup changes by over five percent. Evolve shaman matchup changes by ten percent. Uh, pure paladin six percent. Frost mage eight percent. Like the matchup from against frost mage turns from forty seven uh, percent to the miracle rogue into fifty five. Just from legend to top legend. So this deck is obviously more skill testing. To play than any other deck in the format yeah it's it's very powerful obviously so there's no way like at high levels of play people just can't counter it because it's so like there's high player agency and there's a lot of control and, and miracle world players are really good at adjusting to matchups uh and learning over time what they need to do and, and like the matchup spread is insane like this deck cannot be targeted whatsoever you look at its matchup spread like uh, you can go to the live app look at Legend over the last week hat, uh, when, you know, Miracle really ramped up refinement and you see like 45% against Quest Demon Hunter and that's kind of it, everything else is like blue or green and above like there's there's nothing that beats this deck, so deck is obviously really, really insane um, and probably gonna get nerfed I'm hoping they nerf. no no, makes sense, like, it's just that's the card you nerf, uh Maybe they make an Astelor North that affects this deck because Astelor is one of the best cards in Miracle Rogue and is a large reason why this deck is so dominant in late-game matchups because, uh, like, uh, for example, Control Warrior. Control Warrior can counter-quest Demon Hunter pretty effectively. You can make a build that definitely makes it very difficult for the Demon Hunter uh, to to win a game. But you, can <clears throat> you just cannot beat Miracle Rogue because... They can just start shadow-stepping Astalors. And they hit you with, like, three 8-mana Astalors. You cannot deal with that. It's just too much pressure. It's too much late-game pressure. Um, so I'm hoping they address those things rather than, you know, concoction-related cards. I'd like the concoction package to to stay, um, to stick around. Like, I would like, you know, I, the changes... Last, I talked about a change to Null. I think the other thing that they can do is make a Sinstone Graveyard Ghost lose stealth. Like, don't give them stealth. So you can actually target them with the removal. I think that would be a very impactful change that takes away some of the unpleasant elements of the deck, right? The stealth ghost, I think, is part of the the lack of agency in playing against the deck. Like, it reduces uh, the opposition's agency. Against it. So I think taking out the the stealth is good enough. Like, take out the stealth from graveyard, nerf null to like six mana, or take away the interaction with Maestra altogether, whatever you want. And I think those are changes are good enough. Like, that change, uh, the ghost change, losing stealth, already makes Miracle Rogue far worse against something like uh, uh, Blood Death Knight, Control Warrior, any sort of defensive deck, uh, Priest. anything with target removal paladin uh can can play like righteous defense and stuff like that you can actually you can freeze it as a mage right you can freeze the ghost there's much more counterplay once you take out the stone so i thought about you know all the nerfs that they can do i think that's what you do as probably gets nerfed no in graveyard uh this keeps potion belt a strong card but it's just Like, if you nerf Potion Belt, it just becomes unplayable. Like, if you make Potion Belt 3 mana, that's terrible. Uh, None of the other Concoction cards are offensive. Like, Putricide is not overpowered. Concoctor is not overpowered. Uh, Ghoulish Alchemist is definitely not overpowered. So, those cards are fine. So, keep those cards intact. Just nerf the unpleasant elements of the deck, and I think you'll be fine. Um, That's my suggestion for nerf. I think those would be good enough. So, yeah. Mm. What do you think? huh? No graveyard, lose stealth, uh, no, the six, Astelor, probably mm. Nerf something. Wild pond, Noel and sinstone
1: graveyard. You know, you might be on to something here, Zach. I think you got something going there.
0: Pretty, pretty cool. I, I got something going. Yeah. I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Who knew that the zero mana five health rusher could be a problem. I, I, I generally, I generally think those changes would be enough. I think after looking into the data and looking at its matchup spread and how it performs against certain opponents, I think it would be enough. Uh like the null nerf makes it worse. Like taking away null from this deck makes it far worse against aggressive decks. Because like matchups like Mage, for example, like null pretty much uh is the one that carries those matchups. Uh and then in the slower matchups the graveyard having the 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 stealth is like the the like warrior, like if you're playing against control warrior, for example. Uh they can't they can't deal with it. They like just their biggest counterplay if the ghost has stealth is you have other minions and they brawl. That's kind of it. Um I alleged think a lot of matchups would flip if just Graveyard would not have stealth. So yeah. Anyway, uh Thief Rogue is also a deck that's very popular. Honestly, I think it's too popular, but people really like it. So it's not overpowered. It will probably get hit with a null change anyway, but um but you have to hit null, so it's gonna take the it's gonna take some collateral damage. Um Thief Rogue is just worse, it's just a worse deck. It it handles the mirror okay against miracle, it's like 50-50. But the quest demon hunter matchup is really bad. Like uh, Miracle Rogue is like 45, but this deck is like 40, maybe a little bit less than 40. Against Quest Demon Hunter. Because your ability to pressure. uh, Is worse than Miracle. You can't. You don't have Graveyard. Which is a very important card. Against Demon Hunter. So you need to like cheese them with Azara And stuff like that. It's less likely to happen. Uh, Also worse against things like Spitter Hunter. Because again. Your ability to pressure. uh, Isn't as good as Miracle Rogues. Ramp Druid. Same thing. So a lot of matchups get worse if you switch to Thief. But it's popular because people really enjoy playing it. Uh, But yeah, uh, the build on the report is pretty solid. uh, Works pretty well. Uh, And there's not much else to say about that. Demon Hunter. So speaking of degenerate decks that become warped, warped because of the inbred top legend meta... Uh, the report list is pretty much geared, like the, the assumption that I made, the people who play Quest Demon Hunter play a top legend. So you might as well build this deck to to be the most suitable possible for top legend. And top legend, you see a lot of mirrors. And for the mirror, you run Abusive Sergeant because Jace is too slow. And Kurtress, the hero card, is too slow. Like these cards cost six and eight mana. You're not going to play them in the mirror ever. What are you going to rush into? Yeah, like oh, Coordinated Strike. It's a good card in at Diamond Ranks, but is it good at Top Legend? No, because you have nothing to run into. Like, yeah, you, you either play against Miracle Rogue, where you sometimes have something to run into, but Coordinated Strike doesn't really kill anything, and it's not really the card that you want to combine with Sinful Brand. That's Felderai World Warband. That's the card you want. And in the mirror, there's no, like it's just 3 mana out of 3-3. It does nothing. It's like a muster for battle without a weapon.
1: Man, I hadn't looked closely at the report list. This is this is so degen. The 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 double dispose one fell barrage. No Kurt. No Jace. No strike.
0: Like, ugh, man. Like, here's the thing: there are a lot of abusive sergeant builds. The problem is they're really good against Demon Hunter, but they actually make you worse against Rogue. To to flip that to make this build this kind of build good enough against rogue you need to be able to lethal them on like turn six regularly every time basically they need to die on turn six before they start going off too hard on on the pressure plan through graveyard and stuff so the way you do that is you make you have so much damage that's cheap that you can sometimes have hands to just kill the opponent before the game even even started so, Dispose of Evidence is a huge card for that. Like, if you have two Dispose of Evidence in your hand, that's like six damage. And with Seth, uh, Sethino, that's like ten damage for zero mana, right? That's ten damage for zero mana. So, like, that is the kind of stuff you need in order to overcome this this build's um, uh, inherent disadvantage against Rogue. Uh, so... You do that fell barrage. Too slow. It's too slow and useless. Like it's okay in the mirror. It's pretty good because nobody has minions, so it always goes face. But it's kind of too slow because it's too mana, and that's a lot for this <laughs> deck. As as uh. ridiculous as that sounds. Also, on Warblades, people are. I've seen people cut a Warblades. You don't cut a Warblades because it's huge. Like it's really important to keep yourself topped off. It's really good with Dispose of Evidence as well. Clearly. Right, the, the deck has a lot of card draws, so you often have full hands. So dispose of it, and sometimes you use that just to, you know, get some stuff out of your hand as well as combo with the ore blades in order to keep yourself at thirty, so you don't get OTK'd in the mirror. That's that's those are things that happen. So this is the kind of build that happens when you know everybody's playing either Quest the EH, or Miracle Broke, and you're just trying to race. And a Korean player, um. Is the one who took this exact build. So I was oh, building Gladio. this deck. Yeah, or, Gladio. Uh, yes, StiloHS
1: is their Twitter, but they go by Gladio now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you, like we built. I made this deck, this exact list, independently, based on data, and then I found out that like maybe like six hours before, uh, he hit number one legend. With that list, so this list is perfect for top legend because, again, perfect for the mirror. Uh, every card has a consideration for the mirror, and there's enough otk potential so early that sometimes rogue can't even like not a game wasn't even being played here. Uh, and things like disposal of evidence really help with that, like just get the otk as quickly as possible. So, yeah, it's it's silly, and obviously. You know, there's there's been discussion about Final Showdown. For me, Final Showdown is one of the worst design cards that they've ever made. Like, it was just a mistake. And the reason why I say this is because too many times, it's happened more than once, where there's a deck that builds, that runs Final Showdown without any intention of ever completing the quest. And just uses the two two phases in order to OTK the opponent. Like, the, the rewards in the first two phases is too powerful. Uh, that the fact that you're encouraging to have run an abundance of draw, but you also have a built-in mana reduction is the problem. Because we've talked, like, I mentioned in the podcast uh, a year ago, uh, I think at the start of Alterac Valley, or was it a little bit before, I talked about... There was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of discourse about the format having too much draw. And I was the one who was saying, the problem is not the abundance of draw. The, the problem is when an abundance of draw is paired with an abundance of bulk mana reduction. That's when you get the degenerate OTK decks. That was definitely during Stormwind. It was definitely
1: when people were talking about how tradable was a problem. Remember that? tradable
0: tradable was a problem multicaster was too strong we had that kind of discourse people wanted to nerf multicaster oh in uh deadmines yeah, yeah content creators asked to to nerf multicaster imagine that and i was saying multicaster was fine it was a well-designed card the problem is that when they when these decks that have an abundance of draw get Bulk mana discount, things like Mithrilbot, Celestial Alignment, Octobot, bulk mana re- indiscriminate mana reduction. When you can, disc- when you, t- you can discount a full hand regardless of the cards that you have, right? It's not like discount your elementals. It's not discount your uh, dragons or your mechs or your uh, l- high cost spell, the highest cost spell in your hand. No, you're discounting everything when you have these cards that's the danger and final showdown has it built in in the same deck right you're building for abundance of draw because that's the quest progression and you get and you pair it with the mana reduction happening at the same time this is why i think final showdown was a mistake but in any case this is a set this is another time that this is happening you have an otk deck that doesn't even care about the second the the, the complaint the quest or ever playing the crest reward and it just OTKs. It, not OTK. Sometimes it just burns you down with like sinful brand stuff and and you just die on turn six regularly. Like this is this is the the deck kills on on turn seven pretty much almost every time. Uh, so you need to take away that obviously, and I expect them to nerf it. I think that the problem are I talked about it last week: unleash fell, sinful brand. These cards are too cheap. Make them cost more. Uh, I wouldn't even mind them to just delete Final Showdown as a card, like nerf it to unplayability and revert the nerf uh, after rotation because it's going to rotate soon. Uh, I don't mind that either. I would like Spell Demon Hunter to still be viable. I would like to nerf the deck in a way that keeps Spell... De- like, I don't want them to nerf Deal with a Devil... I don't want them to nerf Felderai Warband. Obviously, the quest deck doesn't even run deal with the devil. I don't want them to touch, like, Mark of Scorn. Those uh, spell payoffs, I'd like them to keep them around because, for me, the spell Demon Hunter deck is completely harmless in terms of play experience. Uh, Playing against that deck, it's totally fine. And it's fun, and it's flavorful. I love the scythe. I love what it does. The the, the card, like the Animation's way that you... Animation's so good. Animation's so
1: good, dude.
0: Yeah. Animation is cool. Flavor is cool. The 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 fact that you have... You, you, like, deck building is cool with it. What minions do I pick, right? When do I discover those minions and what situation? I mean, it's the perfect kind of deck that you want to be
1: good as a designer, right? Like, this is the thing that you want yeah. people to be excited about. And yes. it yes. has very clear counters. The games go a little longer. Like, the, the most popular list... They have Zymox and Jace in the Scythe pool. If you were deciding which eight drop to pick and invest in, that is a good spot to be in. So, yeah, I agree 100%. You want to keep this intact, and I would be very surprised if they didn't do that, which means we are probably looking at Sinful Brand quest changes. Like the D Gen stuff needs to get adjusted. And Sinful Brand in particular, it punishes people for playing minions and it kills you out of nowhere, and it wasn't played at all. Outside of a D-Gen strat, I would expect this card to be destroyed.
0: Yeah, yeah. They need to do something about Sinful Brand. Either make it two mana or, like, make the damage one. Like, half the damage or double the mana cost. Something like that. Something that makes this card, like, completely pushes it out. Because it's really silly. Uh, it's just uh, very unintuitive to play against. Punishes you for playing Minions. Like, you you have to pressure the quest Demon Hunter or you die, but if you pressure them and play something big, then they civil ban it and they kill you. It's just, it's it's silly. So take that away. Try to keep the Spell Demon Hunter deck intact without the quest uh, because that deck is fine. Like, that deck is good to have in the format, and I think a lot of people have an inclination to run it because it's fun and it's flavorful, and I think you want to keep that. Um, So this is what I'm hoping they do. Uh, And that's kind of it for Demon Hunter. Uh, These are the two strongest classes, Rogue and Demon Hunter, Top Legend. Uh, Rest of Ladder, things are a little bit different, um, obviously. Uh, For example, we have uh, Death Knight. Uh, Frost Death Knight is a deck that, again, quickly becoming unplayable Top Legend because it cannot handle these matchups. Uh, And like Miracle Rogue is flipping its matchup against it. Like it's really interesting to see like Death Knight at the start of this patch uh, looked to be like one of the counters to Miracle Rogue. I we even talked about it uh, last week that uh, you know one one of the answers to Miracle Rogue appears to be burn. Well, not really, not anymore because Miracle Rogue has completely is completely flipping like matchups like Frostmage Mage and Frost Death Knight at high levels of play. These matchups are becoming progressively harder uh, for those decks to 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 beat Miracle Rogue, but at other portions of ladder, most portions of ladder where these decks, uh, Miracle Rogue isn't as dominant. Frost Death Knight is really good. Um, One drops are good. I recommend running Trog and Vicious uh, Spear. Cut the Neurobian Vizier. Lots of people, like, I've heard so many comments supporting Neurobian Vizier as like, oh, this card is really good. You get to discover something with a discount. Well, that's not always or you get to discover something that the opponent cannot play around, which is often an overrated uh, value of a card. Like The thing is, like knowledge of hands, stuff like that, always gets overrated by players. Um, Zach, I'm going to tell this, you. Just cut I was it. talking about the
1: the list we have on the site today. And I was asking if they yeah. were playing Vizier or Trog. And they said I took the stock list. And I said that I was strongly considering editing it so that the Vizier was in the flex slot and the trog was in the base slot. I opened the tab. I didn't edit it, but I opened the tab. I thought about it. Because I cannot imagine running this deck with only one one one-drop minion. Cannot imagine it.
0: Well, the the, the thing is, the reason why the stock list still has Vizier is because they basically have... Very little data on people running both trog and slitherspear spear, so it's hard for me to. Because usually, when you run additional one drops, they make each other kind of look worse stat wise because there's more redundancy. So I'm not sure if it makes the deck better if you cut um, um, reload potential for more one drops. Like it might be like y- you're talking about one one drop, but in on- like in honesty, the the deck has two one drops. The other one drop being um, the weapon, the bone breaker. That's another turn one play that this deck has. So having three over two, some in some decks, it's not always correct. Uh, but I would I would strongly recommend it. So here's the thing: a lot of people think that um Vizier is better than Chillfall and Baron. It is not, and let me explain why. First of all, statistically, Vizier does not outperform uh Baron. Baron seems to be the stronger card. In addition, Baron is the card that is misutilized by players. There is um, both of these cards are often kept in the mulligan, which is wrong on both parts. You do not keep Baron in the mulligan. You do not keep Vizier in the mulligan. The difference is that there are more people who understand that you shouldn't keep Vizier, but there are still a lot of people that think that you should be keeping Baron. People are so excited about an AI like it's a 2-2. Throw it back. You're an aggro deck. It's it's a like it has a keep rate of over seventy percent. Oh, I'm gonna be sick. It's a it's a three mana a two two. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So like you look at like at higher levels of play, it's kept less. But at like diamond ranks, like platinum ranks, I'm looking at the keep rate. It's over seventy percent keep rate. Like this card is kept as if it's like bank on you always no. this card should almost never be kept in the mulligan like you keep it if you have the nutty if you have a one drop and a two drop already then you keep it if you already have your early plays then you can keep it why do you, you have you to tell me about these stats, every Man, time i'm gonna be
1: sick oh my god this is yeah awful so so if, when, okay in the top so when three list that i looked at it's kept over it's the third most kept card in the deck
0: yeah, it, it should not be that way at all. What you need is your one-drops, the bone breaker. if you can find uh, um, a Harbinger of Winter. These are the good cards that you want to keep. Yeah, Baron is something you keep if you already have those. Now, what this does, when you miss small for a card, it counts as Drawn. So you're drawing. So if you're mulling it incorrectly, if you're mulling for this card and you're keeping it, and it causes you to lose more games, that makes the card look worse. So in stats, when I look at cards that are misutilized, uh, often you can see it by the keep rate of the mulligan. Then you can consider that these cards are being weighted down by players misutilizing them. So that's a situation with uh, Baron, and it's actually better than it looks if people actually played with it correctly. Um, and it, and I'm not saying it's again, it's a card that you can not keep in certain situations, and then it's good. But pe- people are too often just blind keeping it without any one drops in their hand, and it's awful. Like if you don't run, if you don't find one drops, if you don't want find turn one and turn two plays. And you have a Baron, that's your first meaningful play, you're losing the game. You're not winning that game. So so yeah, that's kind of the situation, and that's why a Baron is in the list over like has higher priority over Vizier. And I would cut Vizier first. Uh school teachers, another card that that's an option to cut. The thing is, this deck doesn't really have good turn fours other than uh Thessarian. Death Whisper is not really a turn four. Again, Death Whisper is a card that people also overkeep. Like, people keep Death Whisper. It is an awful keep. It is not a card that you should be keeping in this deck at all. It, it's not really a turn four play. Uh, teacher gives you a turn four play. It also gives you a turn five play. It's kind of flexible on the curve. And even though it's not that great, it, 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 like cutting it, 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 there's no indication. I'm not seeing that cutting it helps the deck at all. So, Yeah. That that those are my recommendations. And those are the reasonings behind them. If people were wondering, because a lot of people were asking about it, uh, that's why I came to the to the list that's in the report. Blood Death Knight, um, not very good deck. Um loses to a lot of things, and it's bad. And yeah, there's there's not much you can do. Probably needs a little bit of a buff. Uh druid. Ram Druid uh is not very good right now because it gets completely destroyed by miracle rogue uh and then at the climb to legend it gets destroyed by aggressive decks. so there's all sorts of things that ramp druid always uh encounters that end up uh kind of um hurting it uh it's reasonable but it seems to be on the downturn like it seems to be getting worse now and it might slip into tier 4 in some brackets Um, it's just not it's not very well positioned. I will say, if you do decide to run it, run the Giants build that we have in the report, it is significantly better than other things. We added, um, you know, I talked about in the podcast last week about adding uh Crypt Keeper, Crypt Keeper over Planet Evidence. That's indeed what I came to the conclusion um when I refined the decklist for the report. That's the change that we made. Um Yeah, Ram Druid, not not too good. Aggro Druid, also not too good. Aggro Druid usually is good when Ram Druid is fine, and it's not, so Aggro Druid gets worse. And uh, yeah, there's too many matchups where Aggro Druid gets uh, farmed. Uh, So it's not not looking too hot. Hunter. Hunter is the concerning class when it comes to outside of top legends. Spitter Hunter, in the report, number one deck, at Legend, at Diamond, at Platinum. It's the best deck outside of Top Legend, where it's, I think, third best. Um, yeah, I remember it correctly. So Spider Hunter is spiking in its win rate. You look at the spikes in the report, actually, over 2% win rate increases um, from last week. That's a huge jump. Uh, and that's because people are running more refined builds like the one in the report that we have. Um, um at every bracket that uh, I double... look at,
1: whatever bracket I can find, uh both Shock Spitter Hunter and Beast Hunter are kind of like significant outliers. And this is throughout yeah. almost all of that are except for uh the 11 x bracket.
0: Yeah, the 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 Beast Hunter is also really good, but it's worse than Shock Spitter, and there's no great reason to run Beast Hunter over Shock Spitter, so Beast Hunter doesn't see much play in comparison. But Shock Speeder is just like giga nuts. Uh the build that we have in the report is really good. And yes, it's it's pretty much uh perfectly refined based on the data that I have on cards that do see play. You know, there's a lot of discussion. Is Keen Eye Spotter good? no it's not great spotter isn't great but the thing is spotter is one of the only ways that you can beat a wild Pano like if you're playing against rogue uh candle shot while uh spotter sometimes wins games like on the spot like you take out the the rogue's ability to pressure you in the early game which uh can be huge um Battle Ram is really important because, again, you want to be able... Like, it enables two things. It enables early Hydrolodons in faster matchups. And it also enables OTK turns with Bran and Shockspitter because you're able to discount uh, Shockspitter to 1. Uh, that's really important. Trog is too good at this point because um, it's it's really good against both Rogan. Like, if you go first against a Demon Hunter or Rogan, you play Trog on 1. It's very powerful. I've lost to that more than once. Uh, that's pretty much the way that this deck can cheese these matchups that are normally pretty difficult. Um, there's a lot of criticism that people are directing over Batty Guest. Batty Guest is just a sticky one-drop that keeps you on the board. Like, that's the difference between it and, and like, Peasant. Peasant is terrible against Demon Hunter. It's terrible against pin classes in general. Um, there aren't a lot of, like, paladin, like. Peasant is really good when it's not contested. So Paladins, Paladin is historically good against like things like Paladin, things like other Hunters. Other Hunters are not too popular. Classes like Shaman. That, those are the classes that really struggle against Peasant. And guess what? These classes are not too popular. What is popular? Pink classes. Rogue, uh, M-M, Demon Hunter, obviously the ultimate class where Peasant is complete trash against. Uh, so that that kind of makes ma- makes peasant worse in comparison. Where you try to just have a sticky one drop, it just keeps you on the board, which is what Battlegest does. Now Battlegest is not amazing, right? But this is the reason why it's in the deck over things like peasant and stuff like that. And Slither Spear doesn't fit this deck at all because you don't run a lot of spells. You don't combine like this. is a minion dense deck. Uh, Slither Spear is gonna be a one three pretty much all the time um so that's like uh stuff i will say that there's a new build uh i'm not sure it's better but it is kind of funny uh people are playing puffer fist i ran into one of those yesterday i was like what is happening i got fisted yeah like hat got fisted guys.
1: i'm not making that title of the episode i'm not doing it we're gonna get all the wrong (laughs) seo it's not gonna be good
0: for anybody it it it's probably it's probably bad. Like puffer I'm not saying don't run puffers. fist. It's probably bad, but it's kind of funny to me because of all the weapon synergy. So, so people thought, oh, let's just say let's just play puffer fist. Uh and maybe that worked. And they're running also um uh fog sail freebooter <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Which is again because if you because if you have a weapon equipped, you deal two damage, so they're they're starting to do that. Um uh, it's it's probably not not better than the the build out we have in the report. Yeah. It just it's just funny to, to to see that.
1: I mean, I've been running one fog sale freebooter in all of my decks this expansion. His name is Astalor, and he's pretty good.
0: Yeah. That is true. Astelor is a fog sale that also gives
1: you insane late game. So we were talking about Face Hunter in the intro. Did you find any data?
0: Yeah, this Face Hunter deck is uh not that good. Oh, it's it it's a bit of copium. No, it's not. It's a... Uh, it's just like why would you do this when you can just play shock spitter? Like I, I don't really I don't really get it. Uh the burn is too slow, like you're running aim shot. Why are we running aim shot over Shockspitter? Like it makes no sense in my head. Both cards cost three. Aim shot deals three damage plus two with a hero power, so it's five damage, and shock spitter is three mana, eight damage. Like there's no comparison between the two cards. So, so-
1: the only reason I can think of, and we don't have a lot of data here, I don't know if you dial this close into it, it does seem like it's much better against specifically
0: Demon Hunter. Much better against specifically Demon Hunter. Um, I'm looking at it live. Mm, you could be right, yeah. It might be like... It could be better than against Demon Hunter, but it just sacks a lot of other matchups.
1: Right. This is, so this is a mad, th- mad Thanos deck list that Bruto got rank one with. What those guys have in common, they are always in top 100. What do you see in top 100? Rogues and Demon Hunters. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it's like Tech W Warrior, except it doesn't play Warrior cards, so it's a little better than that. So it's just, it's an inbred top 1K or top 100 really deck.
0: It's not even 1K. It's like top 100 specifically, where it's like the the popularity of of Rogue Demon Hunter is so high that there's almost nothing else. And you get these inbred decks. Now, Face Hunter, you can take it to ladder, and it's okay. It's not bad. It's like it's so much worse than Shockspitter.
1: For anyone listening to the show that hasn't gotten Legend yet, and if you're not sure what to play, and you're usually... Like, if you... Listen to this advice and you don't immediately think, no, I'm going to play Rogue instead. You're not sure what to play. Go play Shockspitter Hunter. It is by far my most recommended deck this month. I have done a bunch of coachings and the people that I coach, I was like, they're not sure what to do. I'm like, all right, we're playing Shockspitter Hunter. Deck is the nuts. Really, really strong. Uh, like, it's accessible. I'm not going to say straightforward. It's accessible. You can do the basic thing with the deck, but also people get really dialed in on just attacking with weapons and playing Shockspitters. No, play a five minute Hydralodon. Try that out. It's really good. You want to do that. Play a Ram, then play a Hydra. You'll win those games.
0: Yeah. Faster matchups, you don't need the Spitters at all. You just play as many Hydralodons as possible. You just blow out the opponent. What what is an druid going to do when you play Hydralodon against it? They just, it's just done. Like, so a lot of faster matchups just instantly lose to an early Hydralodon, which is why this deck is so powerful because it's very... There's, there's versatility here. Uh, there's two ways where this deck can win,
1: not just and, one. And the games are pretty dynamic. And I will say, I'll even say this, most of the games I play with this deck, pretty board-centric. Like a lot of games I will win with one shock spitter with no brand at the end or no shocks at all. Sometimes, you, you know, you have the candle shot on one and you shock them on seven. Like, yeah, sometimes that happens. But a lot of the games is pretty board-centric.
0: Yeah, usually you, you like Spitter is really important against like Rogue because eventually the Rogue will overwhelm you and you need to go over the top. You're not winning through board against a Rogue with graveyard and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the deck is like I mean, board centric. I don't know if board centric is the word, but the the games feel board heavy. Well, because the opponents the opponents attacking you through the board, like they have no other like. Like every game like shock spitter is a deck that pretty much against against almost every opponent the opponent is, is the one that's forced to be the beat down against it because the, the clock that it has is very very powerful clock right uh like and you take weapons and you hit your opponent in the face, so the only avenue is board like you need to attack it through the board you're not gonna outburn a shock spitter, I guess frost mage does do that it is the one counter but the thing about frost mage is it attacks through the board and then has the burn like it needs the board first like it plays a lot of one drops it pressures very effectively spitter hunter doesn't have great ways other than hydralodon to swing back in terms of board control so what the mage does is just overwhelm before that even happens before even turn five and at that point you get the frozen touches and you just push face
1: yeah, the only answer to that is, like, a timely Tavish if your life total hasn't been wound down too much. And even then, yeah, like, yeah. you're kind of touch and go. But it's an interesting deck and, like, actually pretty fun. And, and the game's dynamic, I like it a lot.
0: I I personally am, am screaming in silence here when you say that because I really don't like this deck they at should all. should <laughs> nerf it. We should nerf. I want them to nerf it as terrorizing most I, I don't ranks. find it as interesting as you think it is. I, I, I don't I find understand. it as interesting. I don't think it's like, it's not the most binary deck you've ever had, you've ever seen. But uh, I don't, like the shock spitters are, they scale too hard and they limit, like when people say we can't play attrition, we can't play control, whatever they want to call it. uh, This is part of the reason they can't do that. But here's, here's Uh, a nerf I've been thinking of. Here's a
1: nerf. All right. What if we make Bran a 2-3? I think that'll tone it down.
0: People will think you're serious, so <laughs> they'll think you're serious. I, I don't think you they will. You can't take away the heart of the card. Brand is always a 2-4. The, the soul of the card. Two-four. The soul of the card. It's a soul of the, of the card.
1: card. Yes. By the way, speaking of that, every time I play a Wild Spirits and I get a stag, I think about what would happen if it was a 5-4 and I had a 4-2, and I'm like, these Wild Seats were busted as hell when they first launched
0: yeah wild seeds were giga and they're still very good the, like
1: the stag is still one of the best roles. I still want the stag, and it
0: was a five four that gave you a four two for like no reason and the two five as well like it's just like wild seeds were insane, and they're still really really good uh they're still arguably the most powerful package in the class um so yeah, I think you can nerf Shockspitter, just make it like four mana, make it really, really expensive to the point where, like, I think at four mana, it's still a good card. That's the insanity here. That it's probably like, still like a, a giga fireball for four mana. Uh, But just, just, you gotta, you gotta nerf that. Like, the thing is also, you have to nerf it because this is the thing that's taking over lower ranks of ladder where most players play and not top legend. The good thing about it guys is that people are not very fast to pick up on spitter hunter like over the last 24 hours just over the last 24 hours this deck is approaching nearing a 10 percent play rate at upper diamond 10 percent nowhere near like 20 nowhere near like uh it, it's not popular and you also know it's not too popular because people on reddit don't complain about it too much because you know it's not it's not that popular so the fact that people are slow to pick up on it, I think helps the format. Because if everybody just started running Spitter Hunter tomorrow and became a 20% play rate deck, then I would stop saying that the meta is only narrow and unpleasant at top legend, and rest of ladder is pretty diverse. This deck can potentially kill that diversity if more people picked it up. But I guess, you know, Hunter and maybe this deck is not the most interesting to play after all hat. And people don't pick not, up on it too much. Right. And-
1: I am not saying this is the most interesting to play. <laughs> Calm it down. Calm down. Okay, but... <laughs> okay, so, okay, listen. I, I am shading you, but... I know the way to nerf this deck. You put Vicious slitherspear in it, and then people see an aggressive deck with a Naga, and they lose all interest. Yeah, we have time to nerf it.
0: It'll take time for it to become unbearably popular. So, yeah. Okay, that that's it for Hunter mage and then we have the class yeah mage uh, frost mage is my other like the main recommendation for the ladder climb is Shark spider hunter because it's just the best the best choice uh and the second best is probably frost mage uh the agro frost mage build because it counters uh, Shark spider hunter it's a way to counter Shark spider hunter and it's also another very good well-rounded deck uh with a very good matchup spread though again a top legend like the Miracle Rogue and the Questiage Age become unbearable. So this deck becomes borderline unplayable <laughs> all of a sudden. But uh, everywhere else on ladder, it's very good. Uh, I do like the build that we have in the report. Very con- confident. It's like perfect 28 at the very least. I am wondering about the school teachers and the Sivar and the Bloodmaid Talos, But it- it's a personal choice. Uh, I don't think it affects the deck too much. The rest of the build looks great. Uh, Double Deathborn is absolutely correct. The trogs are really, really important right now. Uh, Prismatic Elemental is great. Uh, Nightcloak Sanctum got a lot better after the patch. It's been consistently a strong card for the deck. A lot of matchups where it's really, really good. So, yeah. And Sanctum is kind of the card, is the kind of card that would make a nerfed graveyard far worse, right? Because when it doesn't have stealth and you can't put to the damage, you get stalled. I think. I think it's a... It could help that deck in this specific matchup. Um, yeah, deck is good. Big Spell Mage um, might be even better in some ladder brackets. At Top Legend, I think Big Spell Mage, it's not, I think. It performs better than Frost Mage because it's really good against Quest Demon Hunter. It is a good matchup for the Big Spell Mage. Uh, Because Barbega Sorcerer is really annoying. And also you have Evoker, which is a lot of armor. So you can kind of... uh, Big Spellmage does the thing where it can both defend itself, armor up against the Demon Hunter, and stay out of lethal range, as well as count as pressure. Like in a way that's very inconvenient for the Demon Hunter to deal with. Like a Belinda, right? An early Belinda. Turn 4 Belinda with like a, a coin from Mailbox Dancer and your original coin. Uh, into Drakefire Amulet It's something that the Demon Hunter cannot reasonably deal with. Just the re- same reason why Graveyard is so is a very important card against Demon Hunter. This is even better, right? So you've got a lot of tools that disrupt and heavily pressure the Demon Hunter, and that matchup is pretty reasonable. Rogues are still a pain. The Miracle Rogues uh, are uh, not not a great experience, but other than that. Uh, the deck is is fine. Has a really good matchup spread. Is very one of the best decks um, on ladder up until top legend, where it becomes like tier two ish. Uh, very good deck. Also, uh, mage mage think is in, in in a good spot in general. Paladin, Paladin. There's just pure Paladin. We're sticking with the original uh, with the build that we had last week without the Blood Crusader because burn is too strong, and Crusader just kills you uh warlock phylactery i retracted the null uh, cut because when i cut null from this deck from phylactery warlock it was under the impression that miracle rogue and quest demon Hunter have similar play rates and they're rising in play at the same level kind of level but what ended up is that miracle rogue is running away from the format to the point where at top legend it's much more popular than... Like rogues in general are much more popular than Quest Demon Hunters. And this gap is growing. Uh, null is a really... is a pretty good card against rogue. Despite being a liability against Demon Hunters. So I kept the null. So I put back the null and Phylactery. But generally you don't play this deck. Phylactery is a waste of time. Even at top legend at this point. You're running into Miracle Rogue and Quest Demon Hunter. Even with no, that matchup is like 30-70. Both of these matchups are thirty seventy, But the Lactari is kind of dangerous post-patch. I think this deck is actually kind of scary if you nerf both Rogue and Demon Hunter. And we might need to, to nudge it. As I said last week about Mithra that card <laughs> was printed at 3 mana hat... <laughs> Uh, and it's at five mana and we might need to nerf it to six um yeah so control warrior control warrior one of the most talked about archetypes over the last week so many people have been playing it at the very narrow inbred top legend meta because they found out the control warrior can actually armor out of range of the demon hunters uh um damage uh and, and burn And some of them have coped themselves into thinking that this deck is favored against Miracle Rogue. It is not. (laughs) Not by any means, not by any indication. Uh, Are you favored against Miracle Rogue? The best you can do, the best you can do is maybe go 45-55 against Miracle Rogue, which is respectable. And if you counter Demon Hunter, which you do, you do counter Demon Hunter, that matchup is... Like the build that we have in the report with Renathal... Uh, The Banter, Rekven build Is I think 65% favored Against Demon Hunter So if you're 65-35 against Demon Hunter And you're 45-55 against Miracle Rogue If the only decks That you run into are those two decks right? I'm assuming you're not running Thief Rogue, you're not finding Philactery Warlocks, Ram Druids That kind of stuff, these matchups are oppressive Near unwinnable, and this is why This deck's win rate completely dumpsters but I can see a case where you're playing at like top 20 legend and you only meet those two decks, and this build actually works. Control Warrior actually works for that rank. And the big the big MVP for you, far watch post. The moment people put far watch posts into their Control Warrior decks, the matchup against Miracle Rogue nudges up, the matchup against Demon Hunter nudges up. That card is insane. I would explore running one Far Watch post in other builds. Maybe we need to run Far Watch Pulse in more decks. I remember talking about Far Watch Post and how good it is before the balance changes, before they nerfed Rogue and Demon Hunter. Turns out Rogue and Demon Hunter are still OP. Maybe this card needs to be played in more stuff. Like, think about Big Spell Mage. It's good right now. Why is it? It runs Far Watch Post, Hat. Maybe this is what we need to play. Far Watch post in every deck. Uh, this is the dumbest to- timeline. It's just absolutely the dumbest. Like, Far Post just ends it, Hat. You play against Demon Hunter, it ends it. Like they, either have, they either have Mark of Scorn, or they die. They just solution, they can't do anything. Nerf
1: Mark of Scorn.
0: Far Watchpost ends it. It's a really good card, uh, so play it. And think about fitting in. Where would I fit in Far Post in other decks? Where would I put it in, Hat? Would uh, I put it in Spitter Hunter?
1: Probably not, right? You cut abusive sergeant in quest spell DH. <laughs> you watch Listen, Fire, if you have the quest spell on one or you have a Bound soul, turn one soul, turn two post, game's over. Game is it's over. over. It ends it. And it's, don't mind me, I'm just shit posting. Yeah, yeah. Do you get that? That had yeah, layers. So,
0: that had layers too. Yeah, it. yeah. I know, I know, I know. So I like think anyway, an onion control warrior. Controller, I'm calling it viable at top 20 legend. Actually, like if you all again, once you run into Thief Rogue, it's over. Ram Druid, it's over. This deck does nothing. You look at its matchup spread hat, it's actually hilarious. Go look the live app. It's like 30 70 against Thief Rogue, 25 75 against Ram Druid, loses to Spit Hunter, loses to Blood Death Knight. It's
1: Evolve shamans unwinnable, right? Like, Evolve shamans unwinnable.
0: Pure Paladin is a 2080 matchup. You actually cannot be no Evolve Shaman actually just 4060. It's unfavored against everything. Control Warrior as an archetype is unfavored against everything, but it beats Frost Death Knight very convincingly. It beats Quest Demon Hunter. Again, the build that we have in the report goes possibly 6535. And Miracle Rogue is like 4555. So against that deck two deck format, it's it's pretty good. But again, if you're on ladder, you're you're a diamond five. You want to climb the legend? No, do not play control warrior. Uh, yeah, priest is unplayable. Forget about it. Not even a class. Shaman evolve. Shaman is pretty good. Interest is
1: shockingly low in evolve shaman, even though the deck is totally fine
0: outside. The of The deck is the really good. Medic. Yeah, hat there are classes. I've said this in the report. There are classes where they can somebody can fart up a, a deck list that looks remotely viable and instantly 10% play rate. Rogue, Priest, Druid, instantly. Like you see these decks, yeah. these classes. Warlock sometimes, like Warlock quite often. Yeah, but there are classes that people are more inclined to immediately play. Like Strikes Me, like Priest, oh, yeah. people will uh, play any Priest deck. Demon Hunter is a big deal. No, no. No, really? Demon Hunter, no. Demon Hunter and people, people Demon Hunter maybe like top legend, then there was an inclination. I'm I'm talking about general I'm just thinking
1: about how many people were trying to play relics in Nathria when they were like super terrible for three patches in a row and people still tried so hard. But that's because of relics, not because of Demon. I'm okay. I'm sensing
0: a class pattern. You look at a class pattern.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's Druid Rogue and Priest are the three that stand out like people go crazy for.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then there are classes that really need to convince you that they're busted in order to see significant play. Paladin, Hunter, Shaman. If these classes don't have like absolute winners, they don't see a lot of play. Evolve Shaman, very good deck. Look at its win rate throughout la- uh, ladder, very high. This is one of the this is a top three deck in the format in a lot of brackets, ladder brackets. Yeah, it drops off at top legend because um yeah, the matchup against Miracle gets like 10% worse. Yeah, and it's still a top five deck in that bracket. It's just, it's not top
1: two, so you wouldn't play it.
0: It's still tier two. It's still tier two. It's still the sixth best deck that we have in that in that bracket. But yeah, it's worse and, and people just don't play it. it. They play it like it's tier four. You you look at the frequency ta- uh, uh graph at top legend and you think that Shaman is a tier four class. It's the least played class. Yet Evolve Shaman is pretty good. So people just, I guess, don't care about it. I, I kind of I think Prescience is a card that's kind of fun and feels good to play. So I'm kind of surprised that this deck is that unpopular. Uh, but yeah, I guess so. Uh and and that is it, really. Oh, you know what, hat? Every time somebody comes up with something new about Evolve Sh- uh, Shaman and we don't know who it is, it's just Jambre. Like, mm. turns out Jombre is the one who came up with Neptulon um uh, uh, Vol'jin.
1: I mean, to be fair, he's only been the person that has been innovating the class and archetype
0: for the past multiple years. It's either him or Wire. Yeah. It's one of those two, right? Yeah. It's either Wire or Jombre. These are the only top legend players that regularly play Shaman, that are willing to play the class, which is why they're the main innovators of the class. So thank you, uh, Jombre Wire, in a sea of rogue and priest and druid mains. Uh, you're the ones carrying the flag for thrall um, in terms of innovation and uh, developments. So that's really good. Very yep. valuable to have these content creators that are specializing in the class. There are also some hunter specialists that give the class some love. Uh, remember that Renathal Beast Hunter was an innovation coming from a uh, hunter specialist that I forgot its name. I will apologize. It's Sadisi. It was Sadisi, I think, who came up uh, with uh, Renathal Beast Hunter, yeah, yeah, yeah. the that first was the good Renathal was. deck, the first good Renathal deck that we've had, uh, or uh, late in Sunken City, after everyone tried Renathal and all sorts of stuff, and every time everything looked trash, Hunter was the first uh, utilizer of Renathal, also the last utilizer of Renathal in this format with Beast Hunter, and yeah, that is it for the format. Again, as long as Shockspitter doesn't spike in play general ladder experience i think will be fine again the unfortunate part obviously the lack of good reactive deck in the formats uh and the inability to and the uh, games being too fast again i will say there's a lot of hyperbole when it comes to game length Uh the meta is not faster than stormwind <laughs> uh for most ladder players it is not the case and we're just back to pre renathal numbers, and everybody lost their minds, dude. People, people are so in love
1: with this one card, and I it's just because it's not a card. It. Hat.
0: it's an idea. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It's not really a card. People treat it as a card. I think are missing the point. Renathal is not really a card. It's a different way of building the deck. It's a different lifestyle. Of Hearthstone, and they really fell in love with that. And, and you know, I sympathize, even though I don't really like I, I don't dig Renathal, I didn't care for Renathol at all, but but I understand why that happened. It's just that people uh lost some perspective, maybe, or it's hard for them to compare things to how things were before. It's just that game length extended in the Renathol era to historical levels. The the game has never been more slow than it was. With Renathal. I mean,
1: the it was four months of complaining about a ten drop and the memes during Stormwind was you would roll the quest where you would have to play a ten drop and they would say, It's it's a broken quest, you can't complete it. Whereas the entirety of this of one year later in Hearthstone was just a ten drop being in half of games.
0: Yeah, because then it was the only thing that could end games. Right, that's the that's the sin of Denathrius. Again, a card that I think should not have been nerfed, but... In March
1: of the Lich King, imagine building a decklist with two Insatiable Devourers in it. I can't yeah, even like process the, that, but it was core. It was the fifth most played card in the format
0: in Nathria. Yeah.
1: And now the idea of playing Insatiable Devourers is like, why would I ever do that?
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, insane. Like, again, but people kind of lost their minds because... Guys, we're just back to pre-Renathal numbers in terms like this is how Hearthstone has been throughout most of its history in terms yeah. of game length.
1: Do you remember the fastest combo deck in Stormwind, by the way? The first two weeks of Stormwind, the fastest one.
0: Final Showdown? Nope. Uh, Lifesteal Demon Hunter?
1: Nope. It's Paladin. Wait. Conviction Coin Battlemaster kill you in five. That was it.
0: <laughs> uh, that was not the fastest. Lifesteal Demon Hunter with Forman Elginoth and Final Showdown. Yeah. Don't you remember John Bray literally on stream getting OTK'd on turn four? I do remember you the would turn four You get OTK'd
1: clip. on... Boar was in chat, and he was like, Boar, come on, buddy. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> that deck regularly OTK'd on turn six.
0: Regularly yeah. OTK'd on turn six. But I
1: just remember getting, like, one mana conviction coin, five mana battle master, and the game was just like, all right, I'm, I, get, I left up one minion, I'm dead now.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure, but it, it's not... It, the was pretty fast okay someone <laughs> was pr- pretty fast Yeah, don't say yeah but this but this format again i think top legend may be, may be skewed skewing because there's so many quest demon hunters so it skews this perspective it of needs some to place. be changed
1: i want to make sure we're really really clear people are going to
0: take us out of context this format should be changed yes yes but i don't get the game length complaints the length yeah. complaints are off track. This is not, this meta is not fast on historical levels. This is not, like, it's just that we had Renathal and people were so obsessed with Renathal and now this card is gone and lost, there's, there's lost perspective. Like, guys, we're just back to pre-Renathal numbers. Relax.
1: Um, if turn 10 doesn't exist, your Astlor 8 will never turn yellow. So if you've never seen a yellow Astro or 8, well, except for for Druid, but we're going to ignore that.
0: Yeah, but it turns out Astro is a really good card, so it sees a lot of play, and the 8-mana Astro is very relevant, so I guess games do get to turn 10 quite regularly, and all the hyperbole that it doesn't happen is nonsense. But again, I will say, what I've noticed throughout, and I've done it before in the past, and it was mistaken on my part Like a couple years ago, I was still in that mindset. Uh, people are too quick to take pointed uh, specific issues in the format and turning them into systemic problems. The fundamental flaw discussion. Yeah, yeah. Everything is a fundamental flaw. Like Miracle Rogue is overpowered. Quest Demon Hunter is too strong and play patterns are very toxic. These are the problems. Spitter Hunter as well, too much damage. Uh, Some decks arguably deal too much damage these are the problems and instead of just pointing out these problems they're talking about systemic problems fundamental issues with the game that burn is fundamentally flawed that damage from hand is fundamentally flawed that we need to increase life totals that every deck now needs to start at 40 life or 35 life or whatever number we need to increase it because of power creep and stuff like that all sorts of fundamental diseases in the game systemic issues no we gotta stop fixating on trying like it, it's just like hearthstone players are pattern identifiers they're trying to find a pattern in everything sometimes the problem is just specific numbers are too good you nerf the numbers you make them worse you make the card works and everything is fine uh but it, it, there's too much of a discussion of like like, everything is wrong with the game now because Quest DH and Miracle Rogue are broken. No, just nerf these decks and things will be fine. Uh, nerf Spitter, control decks don't exist because of some fundamental systemic issues with life totals and such. No, it's not because of that. It's because some decks deal too much damage <laughs> and have too much easy-to-acquire easy, easy to acquire value and pressure like Astalor, Miracle Rogue shadow stepping astralor and playing eight as uh, like three eight mana astrolors in a game against an attrition focused deck these are the problems Minerve them and things will be fine uh it's not the game is not in a fundamental systemic problem and life totals can remain 30 and i promise you guys that 30 health control decks can still be viable and the problem is not the health total it's not the health total that's, that's causing these decks not to be viable competitive. So relax on that, really. Uh, it's Team 5 will look at the, the format, they'll nerf the, the right cards, they'll buff some stuff to, to help other decks uh, be viable, and will eventually come to a point where these complaints will sound absurd. About as absurd as the complaints about nerfing Alexstraza back in Barons. If you remember... Alexstrasza is a 9-mana 8-8 eight eight that could deal a damage to an enemy or heal eight life to a friendly character. And that card was deemed to be overpowered by the player base and there was a huge narrative to nerf it. And how stupid does that sound? So I'm telling you, the problems in the format right now are not as uh, systemic and as it people think they are people just lost their minds because of vernithal
1: i mean it's the discussion of whenever rogue things get too good and they are too good right now explicitly too good even though i like playing them i want them to be worse i want like we talked about it last show we talked about it this show i want noel to not be around anymore whenever rogue does too many things for not enough mana people are like mana cost shouldn't go below one you shouldn't be able to reduce below one
0: Yeah, this whole discussion of like things should never cost zero. Guys, this is such like making it like and making it such you're asking for a change that is so widespread and unintuitive. You print every new car that could potentially be discounted, and you need to have an unwritten rule that things cannot cost zero.
1: It's just not the way to go. But it's either way, we're not here to debate against an opponent that's not here. Just saying that, like, it, it, like you said. When cards are too good, make them not too good. That's really it. Yeah,
0: and, and that's it. Sinful Brand is too strong. It's a power blast for one mana. Make it worse. We don't need to tear, turn that into a discussion about things should never cause zero. Like, just make it worse. It helps like it's it's like like i've heard discussion like oh sunfo brand is not going to like even if we nerf it to two mana it's still going to be a good card because you can discount it with uh, relic of dimensions to zero it's, guys come on this is not a ser- this is not serious um but yeah whatever yeah
1: it's we're not here to debate against people that aren't here just saying that like Maybe make the cards that are too good less good. That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the format is not as bad as it looks. Just, just nerf some outliers and some problematic cards and things will open up. It's not systemic problems with Hearthstone.
1: And it doesn't need structural changes either. Like there were a couple times this year where we had just change after change after change. The end of Voice and the beginning of Nathria, I honestly think the biggest problem was just volume of adjustment. That everything was changing from every two weeks, the the format would, would shift in a major way. And I think that was more harmful. And what we have now, they need to make reactive strategy something that people can find and do. We get that. They need to make Rogue do less stuff less quickly. You need to make Demon Hunter not punish you for playing minions. We get that. We need to make Spitter Hunter, Philactory Warlock, like Frostmage. These don't need to be the last deck standing, though it's okay if they're good. They just need to not be too good. Yeah, we need to tone down damage from hand. Right, but the bones of this format are interesting. There are options. There are different things you can do. We don't want to move yeah. too far away from that because you could make it worse. Yeah. Because remember, the first two weeks in Nathria, we had, I think it was seven really interesting classes in this in this careful balance against each other, and then they pulled the wrong Jenga block and they made it worse. And we need to make sure we don't do that and keep the things that are fun.
0: Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Uh I I think, you know, we talked about it just before uh in the Grievance Rate podcast. Uh the thing you want to do, you want to diversify the format. You want that you want every type of player to find something they like and enjoy playing. And Right now there is a certain play style that's absent in the format and you'd like to mi- bring it back just to have something that these players would like would enjoy playing. This is why you need to do that. Um and I think that this is very doable. I don't like the fact that um, that these decks don't exist right now. Again, not indicative of a huge systemic problem, but more of a problem of these decks just don't have good enough cards. And some of the things that beat them are oppressively too good. Things like or Hunter with infinite damage—that's a problem for a reactive deck. So you nerf that, you opens things up. It's it's more simple than it looks. Oftentimes, the problem is as simple as you can explain it. Uh, And you don't need to dig into uh, all sorts of subtleties and under the surface kind of analysis. It's almost like uh, uh, people often try to, like, they have a good argument and they can make an argument like Demon Hunter is too good. Uh, It it feels bad to play. I want to nerf it because of that. And that's a good enough argument, but they like, they want to sound smarter. Or more legitimate, so they wrap it in a in a discussion about fundamental Hearthstone issues of like like expert discussion, and then and then they kind of go away, go off track. Like the the first statement is just enough. Like that's the statement that's good feedback for the developers. Like if a developer hears a, st- a discussion about power creep, and how cards are too powerful. Like what what can they do with that? Like they can't do much. Like the feedback is make card make all cards worse, which is not very useful. But if you tell a developer, "Hey, Sunforbrand sucks to play against. It punishes me for playing minions. It feels bad and makes the opponent kill me with barely playing any cards by turn 6. Nerf it." That's feedback that the developer says, "Oh, okay. That sounds sensible. I'll do that." But if you tell him, you know, all sorts of buzzwords <laughs> and abstract uh, ideas then it's harder for them to take that and understand what you want them to do right uh so i think it's more helpful to just have clarity and just tell people tell the developers what sucks to play against what's too good and what should be nerfed for reasons simple reasons a b and c and i think discourse in general will become more useful as a result uh but yeah that's my uh that's just what i'm little me is saying but yeah cool uh we'll see next week again wild report probably on the 15th uh should be good wild is uh there's uh, there's some interesting stuff in wild i think wild is not a solved format at all and there are a lot of underplayed archetypes uh that need more love or attention uh so that should be cool and standard for now Will be a little bit unpleasant. Top legend. Also, there's a. Uh, uh, it's going to matter when it comes to points or whatever for the competitive scene. So people are gonna try hard at top legend <laughs> with, this month, which means, uh, which means a lot of mirror crows and a lot of quest even hundreds. Uh, so that also matters a lot. Hat by the way. Like, in in months of the year where competitive points are gained in uh, top legend by top uh, placements, uh, people are far more likely to pick up the good decks.
1: Yeah. I imagine there will be a lot, like, last month there were a ton of 11x players. But usually, after the first month of an expansion, you get the range of 11x shrinks because a lot of those players don't bother getting legend again. I don't think that'll be the case this time. I think that a lot of those 11X players are going to convert to Legend and push. And pushing means whatever the top decks on the report are, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see
0: the decks that win more. Yeah, but if you want to climb the Legend right now, you're going to see a lot of different decks. You're going to see a lot of different classes. Uh, It's honestly quite diverse. Like The experience up to that, uh, I think, is fine. But again, if you if you want to just win, play Spitter Hunter. Easy recommendation. And that's going to
1: do it before we start repeating ourselves. So we're going to call the show here. Thank you so much for listening. VS Gold, VS Silver, Patreon members, thank you so much for your support of the show. We really appreciate it. We look forward to the next report on time on Thursday, the 12th. We should have the podcast out over the weekend of the 14th. I'm hoping to have it on time on Saturday, but we'll see what happens. Um, Evil Dave, thank you so much for the podcast transcription. Steven Sensei, thank you so much for the intro and outro. We'll talk to you all soon.
0: The Data Reaper Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper Report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at vicioussyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.